is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Hello, you know us. We're a Major League Baseball team. But since we haven't won a pennant in over 30 years, nobody recognizes us, not even in our own hometown. That's why we carry the American Express card. No matter how far out of first we are, it's cool. You know, it keeps us from getting shut out at our favorite hotels and restaurant-type places. So if you're looking for some big league club, apply for that little green home run heater. Look what it's done for us. People still don't recognize us, but we're contenders now. The American Express card. Don't steal home without it. Play ball! Welcome back, everybody. It's only, it's only the second, first, that's the first time you'll ever hear that, and will only be the second time you'll ever hear it on this podcast because of our massive baseball stance, which we're going to do in just a second. But, of course, welcome back to 80s Revisited. I, of course, am your host, Trey Harris. Trey Wild Thing Harris. And with me, as always, Jesse May Hayes Sedgley. Yes, I am. <laughs> Stealing home. Uh, I screwed up that intro. Let's just, we're, we're, just, we're, just, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. But, yeah, we are in the major leagues of baseball this week and next week as for the first time in podcast history we cover baseball movies and to be perfectly honest if i have to pick two baseball movies to watch it would absolutely be major league and next week's episode of field of dreams but of course if i had to pick one it'd be major league because field of dreams you know Little, little hard on the eyes, some parts <laughs> in it, you know. But anyway, Major League, the comedy of base. The this is the baseball movie, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, football. There's a lot of good football movies. There's several really good basketball movies. Baseball movies for me. We were talking off the podcast. You got pretty much the two we're covering, and then like Angels in the Outfield. That's all. That's all. That's all I could think of. Uh, even Sam Raimi couldn't save that genre for me with uh, for love of the game. But anyway, Major League released April 7th, 1989, the last year of the decade we like to focus on here on the podcast and revisit IMDb 7.2, Rotten Tomatoes, 83% critics, 84% audience. So we talked last week about Spinal Tap being super close. This one's just as close, 1% difference between the two. Uh, had an $11 million budget opened. At 8.8 million, which was good enough for number one for the week. That same week, Rain Man with Tom Cruise, who will be starring in the 80s sequel Top Gun Maverick, coming out really soon, which I am super excited for, was number three that same week in its 17th week. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was number nine in its eighth week back in April 7th, 1989. Uh, Major League would go on domestically to gross 49.7 million and worldwide. 75 million starting off a franchise just which is hey baseball franchises it goes together uh so you had uh one uh film sequel and then a direct to dvd slash tv sequel which we're going to do a little bit later this was directed by david s ward he also directed king ralph uh another sports movie the program and down periscope starring kelsey grandma and bruce campbell because uh, the Evil Dead game came out today. So it's for, not only is it Friday the 13th, it's also Evil Dead Day, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and it was also written by David S. Ward, who also wrote Major League 2 and 3, Sleepless in Seattle, King Ralph, which, again, he also directed. And his, he has a career going all the way back to The Sting with, uh, from 1973 with uh, what, Paul Newman and I think Robert Redford or... Yep. Somebody in that. I've, never, I've honestly never seen it, but I know the music. That's the sting. <laughs> uh, Robert Shaw, Quint from Jaws is in it too, so I guess I really need to watch it. 
it's a classic, but it's one of those classics that personally I've never seen. But anyway, uh, cinematography by Renaldo Villalobos. He we uh, better on the podcast because he was the cinematographer on The Running Man uh, with Schwarzenegger, based on the uh, Richard Bachman, aka Stephen King short story, which we covered right before our uh, Stephen King Halloween month, uh, several several years ago. Which I read more books, more pages of books than I'd ever read in my entire life that month to read all those books in that one month period. Uh, but also he uh, did some cinematography on TV, mainly television, uh, including episodes of Tour of Duty, a great show about Vietnam from the early 90s, I believe. And anyway, Major League starred 80s greats Tom Berenger as Taylor. Of course, he was in Platoon, Sniper. Uh, uh, relatively unknown at the time of release, or just kind of starting out, Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes. Of course, Blade, Passenger 57, and let's never forget Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Charlie Sheen, Ricky Vaughn, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, I should say. Another, again, he played opposite Behringer and Platoon along with Defoe. Also, The Arrival, a very underrated science fiction movie and one of the greatest parodies of all time, even better than Airplane, in my opinion, Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two. Still waiting for Part Trois, hopefully, but seems doubtful. Corbin Burnson is Dorn. Now, this dude, Corbin Burnson, everybody who's hearing my voice right now, as hoarse as it's getting, take a sip of water. <laughs> daycare colds best part about being a parent uh anyway as dorn we talked last episode about the character actors in spinal tap with you know hundreds of imdb credits corbin bernson had 762 <laughs> credits mainly because he's in he's he's a television actor he has done television for forever now hold on Jesse's pulling it up here. 256. You know what? I bet this number counted each episode as a credit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So IMDb, it says 256. Still, it's a lot. Uh, mainly known as far as TV goes for LA Law. Uh, big, yeah. huge show in the 80s. Uh, that's what he was known for, along with a uh, dude from Clash of the Titans, uh, Harry Hamlin, uh, as well, if I remember correctly. Great theme song, too, for LA Law. But Corman Burnson, if you've, if you've watched TV in the past several decades, any TV, you've probably seen him pop up. Huge, huge television actor. He's probably been on every TV show that's ever been. Uh, but as far as films go, I always, when I think of Corbin Burnson, I always think of him as Doran from Major League. And I did not know this until watching it this time. But Serrano, one of the best characters from the movie, was played by none other than Dennis, Dennis Haspert, of course, uh, the president from, the, from uh, 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. And of course, I'm sounding more like him every second. Uh, the Allstate ads, because you're in good hands with Allstate. Uh, you hear his voice, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But until watching, I'm like, wait a second. That's the Allstate guy. Sure yeah. enough, he's not just the Allstate guy. He's also uh, Pedro Serrano from Major League One and Two. Again, sorry about the voice. Going as fast as I, as good, as best as I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chelsea Ross as Harris, no relation. Uh, he was the co- the villainous coach in Rudy who wouldn't let Rudy play until all the uh, players put their uh, jerseys on his desk in a great scene. And he has the great line from Rudy, what the hell is he doing? Uh, which if, you're, if you've watched Rudy 20 times like I have, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But he was also in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey in uh, Ted's Nightmare of Going to Military School. Uh, he was also, he's been on a ton of stuff, another character actor, uh, Basic Instinct as well. James Gammon was Coach Brown. Uh, veteran of the podcast because he was in Silver Bullet. He was also in The Iron Giant and Urban Cowboy. And the lovely, and just kind of starting out, not her first film, but one of her early roles, Renee Russo as Lynn 
she really rose to fame in the 90s uh, in the line of fire, Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, Ghost Topless and the Thomas Crown Affair, if you're interested. And uh, Charles Cyphers plays Donovan. He was Sheriff. Uh, oh, God damn it. I forgot his name. The Sheriff in Halloween. And he reprises his role in the recent or last year's Halloween Kills. Sheriff Brackett. Thank you. Thank you, myself, <laughs> for thinking of it. Sheriff yeah. Brackett from Halloween. And again, reprising his role, like I said, in Halloween Kills. And, and the late, great Bob Euchre uh, as Doyle. I always remember him from Mr. Belvedere. But Bob Euchre is a baseball guy. He won yeah. the 64 World Series with the Cardinals and was the radio broadcaster for the Brewers for 20 years. So big, big baseball guy. He was also the smokes, uh, smokes. <laughs> spokesperson for Miller Lite. Uh, but mm. great voice. And like I said, Mr. Belvedere was one of my favorite shows growing up. Uh, and he was the dad on that. So, But yeah, Major League, this is a movie that I didn't see like the as a child, rated R, 89, I'm nine years old. Very, very adult movie. Uh, I didn't see it until it came on TV for the first time. And in fact, I think I actually might have seen Major League 2 before Major League 1. Uh, I'm not sure when two came out as opposed to one coming out on like, you know, TBS or the ABC Saturday night movie. But uh, I always like part two better. It might be because a part two was rated PG 13. So I could see it <laughs> uh, at that age. Whereas originals rated R and a good R it's a, it's a great dirty comedy of it. Uh, still funny watching it uh, the other night. It was still like totally entertaining so well acted, just a really well done. This is how you do a sports movie, a sports comedy, especially. Uh, the jokes hit. Uh, you don't have to be familiar with baseball. I'm familiar with baseball because when I was a kid in Louisiana, the only real sport you had to play when you were a kid, you know, organized at least, was T-ball. And then, you know, coaches pitch and then you graduate to where your, you know, where your peers are pitching. Hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm very familiar with baseball, but, you know, when you play baseball as a kid, your games last an hour. You don't have, you don't play innings. You play an hour until it's the next team slot time to come mm. in. You know, baseball to me, I, no, let's be honest. I fucking hate baseball. It's the, it's too long. You know, they even say in the movie, it's like, Oh, don't worry, kid. It's your first game. We got 162 more of these. I'm just like, yep. And that is exactly <laughs> why I hate baseball. 162 games, nine innings each game. It's just so boring. Okay, we're sitting here. We're sitting here. Pitcher's uh, staring at the catcher, staring at the catcher, looking harder at the catcher. Okay, he's looking at the bases. Okay, nothing's happening. Oh, he's pitching. Oh, nothing happened. Strike one. Okay, great. Let's sit here for another five minutes for something happens. I am not a baseball fan. <laughs> was when I was a kid, collected baseball cards. Don Mattingly was my man. He, I tried to collect every one of his cards. He was the, he was the guy that I uh, collected uh, for the Yankees. You know, so mm, good wow. God. I'm, again, I could hear my voice. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's leaving. Wow. And that was like, that was like a week and a half ago that we first saw signs of it, too. It's gotten worse because, you know, I didn't, until the other night, I didn't start, stop. I mean, I always sleep with a fan on. I didn't stop that until last night because, you know, when you got a cold, especially respiratory, you should probably turn the fan off while you're sleeping just so you mm. get better. So I think. You know, I thought I was on the downhill, but I think I'm at the peak. I think I'm looking <laughs> down, but I haven't started going down yet. I'm teetering at the top. Uh, <clears throat> wow. Sorry, but we're going to get through this together. There you go. Because it's Friday the 13th and we have to get a podcast episode out, even though it's, we already <laughs> covered all the Friday the 13th. But we got so much to talk about. 
But regardless, let me t- let me get through this as fast. Wait a second, is that? Yeah, that, I was gonna say. Hold up. Of, that's. Hold up. What move? Okay, so. Wait, is that? <laughs> you you all can't see this, but I like to like look at various things that are related to the movie, and so I'm watching a video called Major League Movie 1989. But this. It's this, not. It's got this, Scott this Bakula is, and this is part three. This is part three. Okay, the fact that Walter Goggins is in it, I have to watch it now because <laughs> yeah. he's one of the greatest actors of all time. I'm absolutely going to watch Major League Three now. I, I've not seen it, never seen it. It's called Major League Back to the Majors. Wow. 98. Yep, Walter yep. Goggins. Walter Goggins. I'm going to watch that, not tonight because today's Friday the 13th, but uh, it's, I mean, it's got a, it's got a back. cast. <laughs> and so is Dennis Haysbert, but it's got Scott Bakula yep. and Walter Goggins. Kip, I mean, I gotta watch it now. Wow, because you're sitting watching your screen. I'm like, what are you watching? That's that wait a second. That's the movie. Goggins. <laughs> I was a kid. Like, God, I was like, this movie has a lot That's of awesome. Scott Bakula for someone we didn't even mention in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked up. I thought you were just watching a random episode of Quantum Leap because it looked. I mean, it's a TV movie, but it looks like an episode of Quantum Leap. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, waiting for that leap home. He jumped into the body of uh, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn to help Walter Goggins get his hit back. Or some crap like that. But anyway, <laughs> back to the actual movie we're talking about. But yeah, check out Major League Three if you're a fan of Walter Goggins, Walton Goggins, because uh, great actor, great actor. Watch uh, The Righteous Gemstones, Hateful Eight, Vice Principals, The Man uh, Justified. I haven't watched Justified, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Mm-hmm. My good friend Perry says, like, dude, I know you like Walter Goggins. You got to watch that show. I'm like, that's got like five seasons and like 100 episodes. I ain't got, you know, that's a, that's a commitment. That's a hard <laughs> thing to do. These, this day and age, I'm behind as it is. Anyway, Major League, uh, it's it, it holds up to me. Uh, now, of course, Tom Berenger's uh, uh, behavior in it regarding his, let's face it, he's stalking his ex-wife Renee Russo in the film, uh, is a little cringy this day and age. I mean, it's good natured because, I mean, he's like the hero of the movie. But nevertheless, uh, bro, give her some space. Seriously, give her some space. But uh, it's still funny. Uh, Wesley Snipes, I really like watching this just made me miss or, you know, wish Wesley Snipes would have done more comedies. He did a few, you know, he's got this, Tu Wong Fu. But, you know, once he, he, he went to action, didn't really do much. I mean, Tu Wong Fu was several years later after, uh, yeah, probably, I think after like Passenger 57 and some of that kind of stuff after he kind of made that transition to acting. I mean, I'm acting. Wow. To action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wesley Snipes is a really good comedic actor. And he's also, in my opinion, a good dramatic actor. Cause like when it comes for the drama about, you know, stealing the bases and everything, you know, he's really good at it. And it's good to see him. And, and this is Charlie Sheen before he went super crazy when he was great. Charlie Sheen's great in it. Uh, Tom Berenger always, he's a good, I think he's a good dependable actor in a movie. Uh, you want somebody to just kind of nail a role and do their job, you know, get Tom Berenger. I like his voice too. He's got that, I guess I can kind of do it like, you know, hurry, well, come on, Ricky, you got to get out there and pitch that ball. Again, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tom Berenger, bad impression. But, uh, you know, he's got a great voice and you don't really see him too much anymore. I mean, he was always kind of that B-list level, you know, not necessarily a bad actor. He turns up every now and then. And yeah, like, like I said, I mean, he was nominated for best actor with the foe for uh, Platoon. So, I mean, dude's got some chops. And I mean, he was terrifying in Platoon. We covered it on the podcast. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. But yeah, uh, bottom line is Major League holds up. Great to revisit. Still funny. Uh, pound for pound. It's a great comedy. There's no real kind of like lull, like for the drama. It maintains the jokes as it's uh, telling the drama, which uh, 
I always appreciate because I think that's a real, you know, you have a Judd Apatow comedy that's two hours and you have an hour of comedy and then you have an hour of drama. And sometimes it's literally like that. It's, it's a funny movie and then it becomes a drama. There's no comedy. Or it's like 10 minutes at a comedy, 30 minutes of drama. Comedy, you know, it's, 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 in, it's in balance. It doesn't flow very well. This film flows great. It progresses the story. You got, you got a big cast, too. It ba- this is a short film. Like, I think it's an hour 40. Uh, and it balances, you know, five, six, seven, eight characters and their stories. So where you care about all of them, they all have their moment. Uh, and it's, again, it doesn't stop being funny. It's great. Uh, you know, so if you haven't seen it, I recommend, I'll say check it out. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, definitely worth a revisit. Much, I would rather watch this movie. Let's see, it's an hour and a half. Baseball game lasts, what, like three hours? I'd rather watch this movie twice. I actually, <laughs> I would actually rather watch the entire Major League tri- uh, triple play, haha, <laughs> baseball reference, uh, trilogy, than watch a baseball game. You know, baseball to me is the sport that you can just watch it on. You can watch the recap on the news, you know, where they say, here's, you know, they really just show you the hits. Oh, hit, hit. Oh, here's a great triple play. Here's a great double play. And you're done. That's all you need. You don't need to sit there for nine goddamn innings, 160 something games. That is so ludicrous. When, you know, in football, a game matters. Uh, and basket, you know, I love basketball, but hey, at least basketball is fast paced. I can watch a basketball game. You know, do I want to watch, you know, 100 of them a season? Not really. But I think one of the reasons football is so popular is because, A, you know, it's hour, hour and a half, depending on the timeouts and everything, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it moves. But also, you know, they play what? You know, if they, not counting playoff games, what, like 12, 15 games a season? I don't know the exact number. It seems like it changes every year. <laughs> but in football, pretty much every game matters. Mm-hmm. You know, a loss, one loss is a big, can be a big deal in football. Baseball, you know, a, a team that's 61 and 60 is in the playoffs with a 50 50 record. Yep. Or I don't, they don't call, I guess I don't call it the playoffs, whatever they call it in baseball. I don't know. I think it's, but, it? uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I don't need some angry baseball nerd to send uh, some emails, leave a bad review about how woke we are, unwoke we are about baseball. But, uh, yeah, hey, and again, if you like baseball, no problem. Hey, that's your sport, man. Imagine if you know, wrestling I, was like it, this. Oh, so I got a great <laughs> correlation of that in the trivia. So keep that in mind. Keep that uh, in mind. It could have been. There's one aspect of baseball that is exactly like wrestling, mm. but you got to stay tuned for that. But speaking of get moving on, said my piece about the movie before my voice. My voice is actually sounding better right now. Knock on wood. Uh, let's hit the trivia. <laughs> it won't. Uh, despite being set in Cleveland, the film was actually shot in Milwaukee because it was cheaper, and the producers were unable to work around the schedules for the Cleveland Indi at the time Indians and the Cleveland Browns. But uh, Milwaukee County Stadium, home of the Brewers, and three and then and then three grand, yeah, sorry, and three Green Bay Packers games per season is what was used in the film as Cleveland Stadium. Although several exterior shots of the stadium were used, uh, including one during an actual Indians game. Uh, in the opening titles, you see a, a store by the name of Higby's on a downtown building. That, my friends, is the same department store from A Christmas Story, which we've also covered on the podcast. Uh, I didn't know this, but uh, Charlie Sheen was actually a pitcher on his high school's baseball team. And at the time of filming, his, he, he could pitch a pretty damn fast fastball, 85 miles per hour. Uh, hmm. But he said that uh, they still like use camera tricks. Like Basically, in the film, they move the mound closer to the plate um. for... A variety, a variety of reasons, but also gave the illusion that he's pitching faster than he is. Uh, but also, Sheen admitted in 2011 that he used steroids for two months 
to improve his athletic abilities in the film. And again, ladies and gentlemen, this was late 80s, so there wasn't quite the stigma about it. And uh, the knowledge, I should say, the education is a better word about it that we have today regarding baseball. Uh, the manager, Rachel Phelps' character, or the owner, I should say, not the manager, uh, she's loosely based on that of Georgia uh, Frontiere, I assume it's pronounced that way, uh, past owner of the Los Angeles slash St. Louis Rams. And the way she took over the franchise was her husband died, she got control of it, and once that happened, she she's the reason the Rams originally moved out of L.A. because she was from, you guessed it, St. Louis, and she wanted the team that she now owned because her husband died to be in her hometown of St. Louis, where they remained until 2016, when the uh, current owner, or the owner at that time in 2016, Stan Karonke, uh bought them from her family after she died and returned them rightfully back to their hometown of Los Angeles. Uh, for many of the wide crowd scenes in the playoff game, there are over 20,000 extras in the stands. And when they, when the actors ran onto the field, uh, Dennis Haysbert was like pretty emotional, but like, wow, this is incredible. And uh, the former major league and technical advisor on the film, Steve Yeager noticed and said to him, Hey man, it's like that 162 times a year. So, Hey, that's pretty sweet, but 162 games. And like, you know, they play their game. They, they do, they, they play like series, you know, they do like, you know, best of seven or they play seven games at another team stadium. You know, it's like, it's crazy. You're playing like nine inning games like every other day. It's just, God, it's ridiculous. But hey, if you like it, you like it. And you, by God, you gotta, you gotta like it to play that much. Uh, now, I, th- I mentioned just a few minutes ago about wrestling. You, you, you brought up wrestling, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, real life relief pitcher Mitch Williams, who was with the Cubs at the time of the film's release, was inspired by Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, and he began to wear the number ninety nine, and actually had the stadium play Wild Thing when he entered the game and then thus get basically giving himself the nickname wild thing always makes me think of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, did you give yourself this name? Uh, but anyway, in addition, the modern day tradition of relief pitchers, mainly closers having their own intro music was inspired by this film. So therefore, you know, when a relief pitcher comes in, it's basically a wrestling intro (laughs) minus the pyro. But they get their own theme music and all that. So nice. I, I'm on board for that, but I'm not going to watch seven innings to get to the relief pitcher coming in <laughs> to see that moment. You know, but hey, that's pretty cool. You know, I, when something's cool, it's cool. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons David S. Ward actually chose the Indians for at the time, Indians, now Guardians for the film, more on that in a little bit, as an inspiration because he it, he thought it was the only way he'd see his home team ever win anything was to make a movie where they did win it, uh, which was, it was, was true for a very, very long time. Uh, and also, according to the director, Wesley Snipes, unfortunately, although he is a major, major experienced and talented uh, martial artist and actor, I'd say, uh, was not a very skilled baseball player, having never played hardly any baseball before. Uh, David Ward said Snipes was so awful at throwing a baseball. There are no scenes in the film of him throwing a ball because he was so bad at throwing a baseball, which, hey, you know, you can, you know, not everybody can throw a baseball. Uh, In the scene where Jake invades Lynn's party, one of the guests asks him how much he makes in the majors. And he replies, I would make the league minimum. Now, just so you know, in 1989, the league minimum salary was $68,000 a year which this day and age for a lot of people is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average household income in 1990, average in 90, 
was $30,000. So uh, ma- the league minimum was double and 8K plus the average household min- uh, average household income for Americans. So he was making a very respectable double the average household income. So making the league minimum in 1989 was still a pretty damn good job. Although I wouldn't want to do it because 162 nine-inning games a year. Put me behind the counter at McDonald's rather than do that shit. Of course, I'm being facetious. I'd much rather play <laughs> baseball than work at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, mini trick. Not no, no offense. Anybody works at McDonald's. No offense. Just saying. I would rather play baseball than work at McDonald's for that much money. Uh, mini tricks, like I mentioned before, make uh, we used to make the actors seem like they were as good as their characters. Uh, the pitching mound in baseball is actually sixty point six, uh, sixty feet six inches away, uh, but they moved it up about ten feet to give Charlie Sheen's pitches a little more oomph when they hit the catcher's mitt. And uh, the movie was followed by the sequel, which you mentioned earlier, Major League Two. One year after the sequel's release, release, the real-life Cleveland Indians would actually win their first American League pennant since 1954, leading fans to call that season Major League Three. Even though there's a TV movie called Major League, well, Major League Back to the Minors. So uh, we'll talk about that later. Oh, after I see it. Uh, but uh, we're not particularly specified. Many of the players are based on or inspired by actual or in former uh, MLB players. For example, uh, Serrano is kind of based on both Orlando Cepeda and Wade Boggs, who would him himself would superstitiously eat chicken before every game. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes, according to Ward, was based on Ricky Henderson, which at that time he was, I think it was with the Oakland A's. Uh, and it was the big deal he was about to steal. I, I want to say it was his 1,000th base, uh, if I remember correctly. It was a long time ago. and I th- It might have been during the World Series or the playoffs when he stole it. But I remember that. I mean, they kind of stopped the game. He picked up the base and like held it up. I'm not sure if that record still stands, but Ricky Henderson was a badass when it came to that. Probably the best in the best in the world. Another <laughs> wrestling reference there. Yeah. Uh, Duran was the inspiration for the character of Charlie Sheen's character. Uh, Eddie Harris, again, no relation, even though that's my dad's name, appears to be inspired by Gaylord Perry, who was well known for using outside substances to enhance his pitches. Uh, and Jake Taylor may be inspired by Carlton Fisk, no relation to the villainous kingpin of crime, uh, catcher who had a long career with the Boston Red Sox and Chicago White Sox. Uh, and in fact, Brown mentions early that Taylor was an all-star in Boston. Uh, when Willie says he runs like Hayes, he's, not, he's referring to Bullet Bob Hayes. Hayes won the gold in the 100-meter dash in the 64 Tokyo Olympics with a then-record time of 10 sec- 10.6 seconds and was considered the world's fastest human. He actually went on to a career in the Hall of Fame with the Dallas Cowboys and is still thought to be the fastest man to ever play pro football. A much more entertaining sport, if you ask me, and you didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, in 89, when the movie was released, the Indians at the time, at the time, the at the time Indians finished in sixth place with a record of 73 and 89. However, the Yankees were 74 and 87 and finished fifth. And it was the first time of four straight losing seasons and one of the lowest eras of the storied franchise. Uh, the film's producer said, oh, what? Sorry, wrong one. Uh, after the film's 25th anniversary in 2015, a company called the Jobu Lifestyle actually made figures of Jobu uh, and the package was like a locker. So the packaging looked like it was actually sitting in the locker, which I always like when they do clever things like that. And in 2017, five years ago, more, uh, Morgan Creek announced plans to reboot some of their classic films from the 80s and 90s as either television series or movies. Uh, this was following the success of the Exorcist television series. Uh, several films in the early stages of development five years ago included Young Guns. Eh, just add a th- do a third one. All these dudes are still alive. 
uh, major league, do a, do a fourth one with the cast. They're all still alive. They have them be coaches or whatever. And Ace Ventura, which, uh, I mean, Jim Carrey's quote unquote retired, but I mean, he let's make it a trilogy. Come on. I mean, two strong entries. We can have one more, make it a trilogy. But as much as I loathe talking about baseball, this is a baseball film. And now let's talk about the formerly named and uh, Cleveland Indians and formerly problematic Cleveland Indians. Uh, the franchise originated in 1894 as the Grand Rapids Rippers, a minor league team based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that played in the Western League. They relocated to Cleveland in 1900 and were called the Cleveland Lakeshores. Wow. Great mascot there, the Lakeshore. Uh, beginning in 1903, the team was named the Cleveland Napoleons, or Naps, not after the, the French uh, guy, but after team captain Nap Logie. Following Logie's departure after the 1914 season, however, the club owner requested that baseball writers choose a new name, and they chose the name Cleveland Indians, a revival of the nickname that fans gave to the Cleveland Spiders, which they were formerly called, while Louis uh, Sokalexis, a Native American, was playing for the team, the name stuck and remained in use for more than a century. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't maliciously named. You know, in terms of facts here, it wasn't mal maliciously named or named as derogatory. It was named after one of the players they had who was Native American. Uh, common nicknames for the Indians were the Tribe and the Wahoos, later referencing their longtime logo, Chief Wahoo. After it came under criticism as part of the Native American mascot controversy, the team ceased using the name Indians following the 2021 season. It was announced via Twitter on July 23rd, 2021, that the team will be named the Guardians. After the Guardians of Traffic, which are eight large Art Deco statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge, located close to Progressive Field, where the, Indi uh, the, the Guardians now play. And in fact, in the opening scene of the film, there is an image of one of the Guardians of Traffic on that very bridge. So... Mm. And a, a eerie bit of foreshadowing at the beginning of Major League, you actually see one of the Guardians who the Indians are now obviously known as the Guardians. Uh, from August 24th to September 14th, 2017, the team won 22 consecutive games, which is the longest winning streak in American League history and the second longest winning streak in MLB history. Uh, now, in terms, uh, you know, in terms of famous players, uh, I mean – if you're if you if you know you know if you use the term inside baseball, uh, if you know baseball, you could probably name a lot more. But the biggest uh, person who former Indian slash Guardian slash Napoleon was Cy Young. Now Cy Young played for Cleveland when they were the Naps, and by the time he retired, he had established numerous pitching records, some of which have stood for over a century. He holds the MLB records for the most career wins with 511. He also has the most career losses, uh, most innings pitched, most games started, and complete games. And he led his league in wins during five seasons and pitched three no-hitters, including a perfect game in 1904. Uh, he was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 37. And in 1956, just one year after his death, the Cy Young Award, which everybody, you probably heard of, it was created to honor the best pitcher in each league for each season. And the Indians have two, as of this po uh, podcast episode, Friday the 13th, in 2022, they have two World Series titles, one in 1920 the other in 1948. So they got a bit of a dry spell when it comes to clinching the series there. Mm-hmm. But score-wise, this, I give it an, you know, I, I really hate to give so many movies like, like a high score, but I'm going to give it what I think it deserves. This movie's a nine. Uh, and as far as I revisit, you know, that's how we judge movies here, you know, in terms of a critical score, 
you know, it'd be obviously be less than that, let's be honest. But in terms of an enjoyment factor, a re- revisit- revisitation of an 80s movie uh, still holds up, aside from some of the stalkery aspects of Tom Perringer's character, as I mentioned. But uh, yeah, it's, it's still funny, still puts a smile on my face, still makes me want to jump up and cheer at the end. Because one thing, honestly, especially with sports movies, that has to, it always comes down to something at the end, like a, a unique thing that they do within the rules of the game to win the, win the, win the game. You're going back to the Marx Brothers with uh, uh, horse feathers, where they get the football game, they, they get on a chariot to score a touchdown and start with carrying all the balls and like throwing all the balls into the end zone to get a touchdown for each ball. You know, that's actually that's a bad example because that's not within the rules of football. But uh, like in this one, you know, he calls his shot like Babe Ruth, you know, a call back to earlier in the film. And they, everybody's thinking, oh, he's going to try to hit a home run to score the, the winning run. No, nah, he's going to bunt and then count on Willie Mays Hayes, blade himself, slicing through the plate and getting that score, which, uh, very, you know, that's within the rules of baseball. It's psychological in terms of mm-hmm. how it's done. You know, so it's a well thought out ending uh, for how they're going to win. You know, and then also it, it stresses the team aspect of the game. You know, Charlie Sheen's a pitcher. He's on, you know, he's defense basically. So, uh, you know, they stress, you know, they put him at the, him and him in at the end to shut the guy down to strike him out. Does it, you know, so he does it, he does his part, but now the batters have to do their part, you know, two outs and Tom Berenger's up at the plate, how they, you know, his knees are bad. All he has to do is make it the first, you know, it's, it's a, that's when the movie gets serious, but one of the, the trademarks of a really good comedy to me is that, you know, it's a, a, it's funny the entire time, but when it gets serious, it does it right. And it hits you right where it needs to, you know, him running, giving it his all at the end. Great. It's a, it's a great moment. And then when they win, you know, you're, you're cheering and it's right back to the hilarity when, when uh Burnson, Court Burnson punches Charlie Sheen for sleeping with his wife, you know? So it's, 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 it's that kind of uh, genre chemistry Copyright age revisited uh, 2022 <laughs> uh, that I think really makes this movie and a lot of other comedies like Ghostbusters, Three Amigos really kind of shine with uh, how it handles all the aspects of the story. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely a nine. It's better than watching a game of baseball. Hundred and twenty million percent. Or as my daughter says, a million bajillion about everything. <laughs> There's Charles Sight. We're watching it right now on Jesse's screen, of course. But it's a share from Halloween. Everybody's entitled to one good scare, Laurie. But uh, anyway, uh, in the real world, again, this released April 7th, 1989, on the same day. Unfortunately, the uh, inhabitants or the, the crew of the sub- Soviet submarine K-278 Komsolets weren't able to see this movie because it sunk in the Barents Sea, and unfortunately, all 41 on board perished. You know, the Russians had a lot of submarine accidents like when going back like uh in this in the real world segment there's been like three or four russian submarine accidents that we've uh talked about here in this segment of the show so <laughs> they need to make better submarines for the love of god yeah uh, around that same time again uh april 7th 89 on april 12th abby hoffman american political activist uh passed away if you don't know who he is he's the one who forrest gump said he sure did like to use that f word when he's talking at the washington monument and also one of the greatest boxers of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson, also passed away on the same day, April 12th, 1989. Uh, considered by many to be pound for pound, the greatest boxer who ever lived. And then born on April 5th, two days before this movie came out, 
the lovely Lily James, British actress. Didn't know she was British. Uh, but this is a great segue into the Back to the Future segment because me and Autumn just finished watching Pam and Tommy. And who played Pamela Anderson in the show? Lily James. Uh, show was hilarious. Uh, Tommy Lee is an asshole, which already knew that. Uh, but Sebastian Stan made him a likable asshole. Mm. So I like Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee. I despise the real Tommy Lee. Yep. And, you know, hell of a drummer. Hey, I want to separate the drummer from the man. You know, you're a great drummer, but hey, you know, you struck your wife while she was holding your baby. So, you can, you know, fuck you, dude. Uh, but, yeah, hey, you're a good drummer, though. But, yeah, if, uh, show's funny. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're interested in that, then by all means, uh, if you want to see a scene where Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee talks to his prosthetic penis and it ta- <laughs> actually talks to him, that's the show for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was cool. It was fine. Uh, but also I, as of two days ago, I finally finished Elden Ring, the game that many people <laughs> consider one of the most difficult games ever, because, you know, you have to learn how to do things and you have to learn how to dodge boss attacks and you have to study things. You have to prepare. You can't just go in and hit the jump button over and over. Uh, you know, so, but a fantastic game started it again. However, uh, it's going to be on hold now because, like I said, it's Evil Dead Day. Evil Dead, the game came out today. Look forward to playing that. It's in the, in the vein of the Friday the 13th game, which I've talked about a lot on the podcast in the past. And uh, Dead by Daylight, but it's a little bit more closer to the Friday the 13th game. Hmm. And Bruce is back, voice and Ash. So uh, very excited to sit down with it and play. Very similar, you know, four on one. Although Friday the 13th, I think it was what, like six on one? This is like four, four against the Deadites. So hmm. hopefully, fingers crossed, should be pretty fun. Looks gorgeous. Uh, very excited to play it. But I did also see. Well, actually, I got some news first, and then uh, on the two movies that I managed to squeeze in this week. Uh, but announced just yesterday, uh, less than a week after we posted our episode on it, Spinal Tap Two is happening. With Reiner and all the cast coming back, unfortunately, we have to wait another two years for it, though. it's They're saying it will release in 2024. So if, if there is another 80s movie that, you want, that we haven't covered yet, that you want us to cover on the podcast to help put into the universe a <laughs> sequel, let us know. Because we've already done all the, most of the ones I want, and it didn't happen. But it worked with Spinal Tap. Yep. Normally, when we do an episode like, uh, that we haven't done like that, somebody dies. Because believe me, when we're doing Star Trek, I kept like dreading seeing William Shatner's picture pop up. Because it's happened, I can't think of any examples offhand, but there have been a couple of episodes that we covered the movie, and then by the time the next episode came out, somebody from that movie passed away. Mm. So uh, there is some bad juju. I need, I need, to, I need, I need a Jobo, Jobo in my locker <laughs> to pour some uh, white rum to before the uh, podcast, uh, you know, maybe, you know, bucket of KFC as well. Mm. Wouldn't hurt anything. But uh, I did manage to see two great movies that uh, are just – that very recently just came on demand that I, both of them, I highly recommend and they are both polar opposites. The first one is the lost city. And this is a film that I wanted to see based solely on the trailer. I think we saw the trailer before Spider-Man no way home. And I was like, okay, this movie, okay. I don't usually like romantic comedies, but this movie looks hilarious. And it was, it's uh Sandra Bullock is this, it's basically, honestly, it's a remake. It's, it has to I didn't look at the trivia on it, but it's it's basically a, just a, it seems like a remake of Romancing the Stone for the most part because yeah. it's a novelist who gets involved in like an actual conspiracy. I say conspiracy, but plot to find this lost city, the titular titular lost city, 
but it's got Channing Tatum in it, who I usually don't care for, but he's 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 great in comedy. Uh, and he was fine in Hateful Eight, but I still wish he, they had somebody else in it. Uh, he's great in the Jump Street movies, uh, so he's I see him more as a comedic actor. But Bullock hasn't missed a beat. Like I haven't seen her anything comedic in a long time, and she was great. Daniel Radcliffe as the villain is great, and there is an amazing. I'm not going to ruin it because if, if you've seen the trailer, you probably already know. But if you haven't seen anything about this movie, do not watch the trailer and just watch the movie. Don't look up who's in it because there is an amazing, amazing cameo and character that pops up. Uh, and just watch it. It's, I had a smile on my face the entire time. It's a movie that uh, it knows that it's a little absurd and it leans into that. It doesn't try to play it serious. It plays it as absurd hmm. and it works. So uh, one of the funniest, one of the most enjoyable movies I've seen in a long time, to be perfectly honest. So I recommend that one. And then just last night, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I got my cold is because I was up north with The Northman, Robert Eggers' latest film. Robert Eggers, of course, did The Witch, or as some people call it, The Vavitch, and The Lighthouse, which I think Lighthouse is one of the best movies of last year or year before last, whenever it came out, along with Midsommar. But The Northman is basically a retelling of a uh, – Icelandic myth. I forget the name of the character, something with an A, but uh, it's actually a Hamlet before Hamlet was even written. <laughs> Some people even say it's like a inspiration for Hamlet, although it's very probable that Shakespeare didn't hear about the story first, but the Northman uh, it's, it's an action movie in the vein, but in the vein of the lighthouse and the witch uh, it's every frame is gorgeous, much like the witch and uh, the lighthouse. I will say that if you didn't care for The Witch or The Lighthouse because you thought they were a little too slow, you might not like this one. Uh, but it's let me put it this way: it's Braveheart mixed with The Witch, pretty much. Uh, it's I mean, it's just beautiful. The score is fantastic. It's well acted. I did read some of the trivia on it after we watched it, and uh, I mean, it's uh, many Viking experts consider this to be the most accurate Viking film ever made. So, you know, if you watch that show, The Vikings, yeah, they were like this, blah, blah, blah. Well, you might want to watch this movie because there's a lot of historical accuracy in this film, which Eggers also did uh, a lot. Because uh, all his films are period pieces, you know, the, wit, the Witch and The Lighthouse and everything. But uh, very, very highest possible recommendation. It's, actually, both of these are probably so far. I mean, we're, uh, we're what? It's, uh, we're only a little bit into May. We still got... Uh, you know, seven months left, roughly. Uh, eight months left. Eight. No, I was right the first time. Sorry. <laughs> I can do I can do math. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Friday the 13th and not uh, 12 months. But anyway, so far, definitely uh, both the Northman and the Lost City are on my top 10 list already for the year on my short list, as you know, all the all the pretentious critics say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Northman, it's, you know, again, it's long. There are, you know, I think some people's complaints with it might be that they might find it a little too slow. But again, you know, I watched this because it's a Robert Eggers film, and it looks good. I mean, the trailer looks amazing. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if Eggers or Ari Oster, who did Hereditary and Midsommar, whenever a movie they do comes out, Jordan Peele, I'm going to watch it. I don't care what it's about. I'm going to watch it. Uh, so he was the main draw for me for that. But it's definitely a little bit more uh, mainstream, I guess, while still maintaining some of his artistic, some people would say pretentious sensibilities. Uh, but it's visually stunning, great score, well acted. Uh, Alec, I think it's Alexander Skarsgård is the the brother in the uh, Skarsgård in it. Yeah, yeah Alexander, because it's Bill is Pennywise, 
Alexander's brother, who was Tarzan, and now this. And then uh, the dad, I think it's, it's the dad of the uncle, is Skellen or whatever, the one that's in Thor. Skellen, yeah. He's been in, yeah. Uh, I, can't think, I, can't his, I can't remember if he's his, their dad or his, their uncle or something. I think he might be their dad. He's not their brother. No, Skarsgård's, I mean, chicks know him. I don't. <laughs> We're looking <laughs> it up to make sure so I could be on the children. Yep, he's the dad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How many? Eight One, kids. two, three, four, five, six, eight. Jesus. Eight well, kids. Hey, you know what? Worth You're mentioning. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows? Uh, eight that have IMDb accounts, <laughs> and then wow. who knows that? I mean, that don't. Wow. Wow. Busy on camera and off. Jesus Christ. So yeah, he's their dad, and they're all honestly they're all really good actors. Uh, Alexander, though, like, uh, cause he was in Tarzan. He was also, uh, Rick Flagg in the, I say the remake, but the, I guess the, I guess it was a re- considered a remake, uh, the stand that came out uh, a year or two ago. He was great in it as Flag. Uh, also starred Amber Heard, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it. Uh, so there's that. But yeah, uh, I recommend, again, Lost City for Last, The Northman for Drama, Action, Gore. It's like, it's brutal. It's uh so you know like I said I mean it's, it's Braveheart it reminds me of Braveheart uh, if Robert Eggers did Braveheart but with you know uh, Vikings mm. put it to you that way and we got an email from our uh, good friend who was our first time caller as he said last episode but Thomas Strickland the plane puller who I said let us know about this and he sure enough did so let me read this tome just kidding Thomas just. Poking fun at you. But he says, uh, on May 8th, he sent this email. Uh, Good Sunday, gentlemen. Thank you for reading my letter and answering my questions. I'm a huge 80s MTV slash Night Flight. Remember pre-MTV video fans? I do remember Night Flight. And as a matter of fact, Thomas, I don't know if you know, I don't know if it's still up there, but Amazon actually had old episodes of Night Flight on Amazon Prime uh, to watch for free. I'm not sure if it's still up there, but it was. Uh, and they were awesome to fall asleep to. Uh, when I was stationed in Italy for four years on board a ship, my shipmates and I would listen every day in hopes those magical words over the 1MC, mail call. Uh, back then, our parents would send us VCR tapes of just pro wrestling and MTV. Dude, <laughs> what else did you need? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's like the be- that's like, that's peak wrestling. On, you know, almost, it's, eh, not, I say late 90s might be peak wrestling, to be honest. But that same area, again, 80s wrestling was great, as was, you know, the heyday of MTV. So that's some damn good VHSs to get. Hours and hours of music videos and wrestling were great to share back and forth. Speaking of VCR tapes, one of the funniest days at sea was when we heard that Tracy Lords was underage and anyone caught with her movies would be facing Captain's Mask and a BCD splash is all you heard that day. I don't know what a BCD is, so let me know some of these terms. Thomas. I do believe my friend Bill had a tear in his eye throwing all of his tapes over the side, a whole box heading to Davy Jones' sea lockers. And I said, Bill, did she make that many movies? He looked at me like I asked him for his whole paycheck and said, Tom, you can put up up to six movies on one tape. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just don't know where she is, and I can't take that chance. That is a, that's a great story. Uh, BCD yeah, is a know. bad conduct Tra- discharge. Bad, oh, Wow. Well, I mean, she had to lie about her age. I mean, everybody knows who Tracy Lords is. I don't. I mean, I guess when she started, she must have lied about her age or something for to be in some of those movies. I guess who knows. Uh, the plane pools are fundraisers for state and national Special Olympics. I am co-captain of the U.S. Navy teams in Washington and for my own team when time and money allow. Uh, each team has to give the twenty-five hundred per team a chance to pull a seven fifty-seven AC one thirty Airbus or the newest is the AC three eighty. I've been pulling since ninety-six on my then sheriff. 
when my then sheriff, uh, I was an ox deputy for seven years while in the Navy. When he asked me to join the sheriff's office team, after I was by it, I brought the Navy in before I retired and brought a Virginia championship, second in Baltimore, second in Tanker Tugs, and a national championship to our trophy case. Hey, that's awesome, Thomas. Uh, being in the Navy, we got to practice with the <laughs> uh, Sec Navy's own C9 before the event, which did help with knowing what your strongest side and stance is. I uh, did everything a captain is supposed to do, uh, supposed to. I recruited, attended meetings, raised the money, and pulled my ass off. Now I'm helping the new Navy teams, and last year we came in fourth, fifth, and sixth place. Not bad for the team's first time, and we can only go up. Hey, again, that's awesome. Raising money for the Special Olympics. That's a very, very worthy cause, my friend. Uh, my former team, uh, that same sheriff's office, is the 13-time champs right now. Wow. That's an 80s movie right there, bro. You know, you know. well, I mean, we have to kind of villainize them a little bit, you know, to make them like the bad guys of the 13-time champs. You're the newest upstart team, and you got to figure out how to pull this plane faster than them. It could work. Trust me. We'll shoot it like a ski movie from the 80s, like that episode of uh, Sunny. Uh, so I have my Lex Luthers in this event. Oh, yeah, he says it too. There you go. Uh, if you're interested, I can send you stories or feel free to Google me and just add plane pool. I've been featured in several Navy and regular newspapers and Navy mags. You can see if your state has a pool by going to your state's SO page. The, na uh, the national is www.planepool.com. And my next pool is September 17th, 2022 nice. in Washington, D.C. Uh, fun fact in in ending is I just got off the eighties cruise out of my home uh, County in Florida. And it was a blast. The concerts, food parties make this week long cruise, a bucket list for any eighties fan. Wow. I have never been on a cruise. Uh, personally, if I did, I would have to have a cabin with a, like a balcony because I've seen the Poseidon adventure and I'm not <laughs> having a, a room with a porthole. I'm having a balcony. So needs be, we just swim out the, t the side of our room and up to the surface. Uh, just kidding. Anyway, Pop Icon costume was none other than Captain Freedom from The Running Man, one of the most underrated 80s movies ever. So if you've never done The Running Man movie revisited, which we have, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I cannot wait for that one. Check it out. Uh, and in fact, I'll tell you what, Thomas, uh, it's, it's, I think it's like a pre-episode. It was like an episode and then our Hall Halloween Horror Month of Stephen King movies. It's right in front of that. So it's a whole a little uh, run there of Stephen King stuff. So definitely check it out. And if you haven't read the book, the short story that it was uh, based off of, I recommend it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of King's best, but the story is much, much different from the movie uh, to where if they did do a remake, but we're making it true to the book, I'd be 100% behind it. Just cast Hugh Jackman as uh, Ben Richards. Uh, let's see. I cannot wait uh, for that, uh, that one. Uh, back to the 80s cruise. I also get to tell people that I open the ship's gym every morning with members of Sugar Hill and Night Ranger. Hell yeah. Uh, have any questions about it? Fire away. Remember, heavyweights, low reps, reach for those three-digit dumbbells. Have a great week, Tom. Well, Tom, it, I, I, now, if you look at me, I look, I mean, I think it's safe to say, Jesse, I look athletic in my build. However, I think I'd still need two hands to lift a 300, I mean, a, a three-digit uh, barbell at my age right now. But uh, I, I am definitely out of shape. And I, you know, I, I wish I could blame the pandemic, but even before <laughs> the pandemic, wasn't doing too much. But, uh, it's one of the, you know, I'm at that age where it's like, I need to get outside and do something. And then I do it once and then don't do it for another month, which is a shame because here in Utah, we got great bike trails. And then uh, we like to go bike riding, like I just mentioned. But uh, with Violet in daycare, we usually end up getting busy with work and then cleaning the house while she's out. And then it's like, you want to ride a bike? No, I'm too tired. So it's mainly just getting up off our asses and doing it. But uh, awesome letter. Thanks for all the detail. And uh, again, like seriously, raising money for the Special Olympics, all that kind of stuff uh, for those kids. 
is always something amazing and worthwhile. And I appreciate that you do. And I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that too. So keep it up. And again, stay in touch with us about anything. Uh, the eighties cruise, give me some more info on that. Like what, like, you know, uh, who like who was there? Was it celebrities? Like was it just some musical acts? Like you mentioned, Night Rager and Sugar Hill. Was it like celeb? Like is it kind of like almost like a, just a convention kind of thing? Where like they have a hall and you can go like meet some of them, or is it like give me a little rundown on that whenever you get a chance, Thomas? Since I know you like the <laughs> send emails. Uh, again, I'm winking while saying that you just can't see it. But yeah, uh, God, I'm just thinking. You know, like I can pull, I can push a car in neutral, but could I pull a plane no. with, with some friends? <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah, hey, me, me and Jesse and a couple of our friends, yeah, we can do it. But <laughs> why would we bother when I could just, you know, call Tom? So, sure. uh, but yeah, that is awesome. And if you would like to send an email and you have it read on the air and become sort of a pseudo celebrity, <laughs> email us at 80srevisited at gmail.com. On Facebook, 80s Revisited Podcast. On Instagram, 80s underscore revisited. And don't forget our good friends near and far, uh, our good friend John and Lafayette, Cajun Toy Review. He just posted one today with uh, one of the Jason Voorhees figures from NECA. I think it was the part three one, so give him a like and tell him we sent you. Uh, and as always, our good friend Ben, the Tasmanian Devil, Wyatt. Actually, uh, I don't know if I should call him Ben anymore. I think, I think is it TJ Thunder now? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still kind of waiting to kind of see like uh, some stuff there, but I think that's what it is. Uh, but check out TCW, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling. Uh, even if you're not in Tasmania, go online, uh, uh, add El Hij- uh, again, I'm sorry, Ben, I forget how to pronounce it. El Hijo de Doomslayer on, uh, YouTube and to keep up with that, some stuff on there, but just TCW.com or Tasmanian Championship It's one of those. Just search TCW. You'll find it. It's uh, a bunch of blokes over there down under giving it their all for your entertainment and everything. So definitely worth checking out and leave a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, good or bad, I don't care. Of course, we prefer good ones. But if you do leave a bad one, just let us know why. That's all we ask. You know, if it's, you're going to give us one star, you hate us, you hate my voice, you hate the fact that I did a podcast while my voice is hoarse instead of <laughs> applauding my go-to can-do spirit to get it out on time, that's fine. Just tell us why so we can talk about it. And you know what? Uh, constructive criticism, whether it's in a bad review or not, is still a good thing because that helps us. Because if we don't, you know, if somebody doesn't know if they're doing good or bad, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, I wish it worked like that for everything in the world, like politics. But, you know, we take one step forward as a country. We take two back. Uh, support women's rights. That's a uh, woo, woo, woo. Woke alert. Woke alert. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. Train with the chair. Train with the chair. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's my, I, I will never speak for Jesse. But my stance is, you know, if we're going to be a woke podcast, let's go woke. Uh, even though it's not woke. It's just a human right. You yeah, know, women women's deserve chairs. Rights. Pregnancy starts with the penis, people. So, you know, castrate men, whatever we need to do, you know. Make it. You can't just put it all on women and have control over women's bodies because that's not your place. Unless you're said woman, then it's your place and yours alone. So anyway, next week, back to baseball. (laughs) Let me get off my soapbox from home plate as I'm preaching to the crowd. But uh, yeah, one more episode of baseball movies, which normally I would complain, but I'm not because it is the second best baseball movie ever made field of dreams starring the great kevin costner great in my opinion i think he's a great actor still is he's my robin hood despite actually no a fox is my robin hood he's my second one he's my live action robin hood uh but yeah field of dreams uh yeah i'm already i don't look i i, I love field of dreams but i know i'm gonna cry before it's over so it's like <laughs> you know it's like cool runnings i love cool runnings 
But I know at the end when that when his dad, when Junior's dad shows up and opens his shirt and says, Jamaica, I'm going to be fighting back. You know, I'm going to have something in my eye and it can't be helped. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Field of Dreams next week. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. It's one of the biggest movies of 89. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it, Field of Dreams is one of those movies that permeated pop culture because the, if you build it, he woke up. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, they had commercials that parodied that. I mean, it was everywhere. And it's a damn good movie. Seriously. You know, it's really, I mean, I, I, it's almost not about baseball, really, because it's about a father's, you know, relationship between a son and a father. A parental relationship, you know, but a uh, very, very well done movie. Look forward to talking about it next week. So I'm going to stop talking about it now because that's next <laughs> week's episode. So until then, everybody, bases are loaded. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes, no balls. My team's going to lose because I'm a bat. Because <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss and they lose. Harris, Harris loses for the team and is booed out of the stadium. But yeah, until then, everybody, stay safe. Uh, I was trying to think of another baseball reference, but you know what? I think Fuck you it. got him. Stay out. safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. Literally, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> hey, look, it's uh, oh god damn it! I, I totally screwed. Up. I was gonna say the naked gun line. It's a uh, oh my god, total brain fart. The opera singer. Actually, you know what? Naked Gun counts as a baseball movie, so we've done a baseball movie on this podcast because the ending of that movie. <laughs> In the baseball is like no shade to Major League, but the the last ten minutes of the Naked Gun is funnier than the entire Major League movie, and that's not that's that's more so just praising how incredibly funny uh, the end of the Naked Gun is. Like, oh my God, what is that opera singer? Because Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure is the one who says it. Oh my God, help me out here, Jesse. It's gonna bug oh me for the rest of the day. Hey, look, it's Larico Fettuccini. God damn it, what is his name? <laughs> oh my God. I can't think of this. This is bugging me. Uh, Lucio, it's not Pavarotti because that's a real guy. Oh my god! We just, I, yeah, we just talked about it like last week on the podcast. I think, or uh, we talked. No, we talked about Teen Wolf two. I mentioned it. It's a uh, oh, hey, look, it's Enrico. It's Enrico. Enrico Peloso. Hey, look, it, it's Enrico Peloso. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, there, there it is. It's Enrico Peloso. Well, yeah, I think it's Enrico Peloso. Yeah. So there we go. We got it eventually. We got there. We always get there on the podcast. It may take a little longer. And for all of y'all screaming it at home. Right. <laughs> thank you. You win. Finally you beat us. So until next. <laughs> but anyway. All right, everybody. For real. Watch Major League. Watch Field of Dreams. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Jesse, I, I meant to do this. Uh, I, I did this last week, but I forgot to do it this week. Uh, is it streaming? Dot com. If you ever want to know if a movie streaming, just uh, is it streaming and then type in your movie. It'll tell you wherever that movie is streaming. But I'm trying to do it. Uh, did it last week, but forgot to do it this week for Field of Dreams. But Field of Dreams is it is streaming on Prime Video and you can rent it on Apple TV for $3.99. So it is yeah. free on Prime Video. If you've got an Amazon Prime account, it says here it's free to stream. So Ooh. there you go. You can watch it for free. No excuses. Uh, so anyway, let's, let's end this episode officially now. Until next time, everybody, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Play ball! <laughs> or what do I say when the game's over? Go home! <laughs>